Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, welcome to episode 160 of the podcast for January 4th, 2013. This is Mark Graben uh, back with uh, a new episode and a number of new episodes here uh, in January after taking a few months off at the end of 2012. So I'm very excited about that. We've got some great stuff coming up. But my guest today is Dr. Joe Garisco. He is the chairman of the Department of Emergency Medicine and System Chief of Emergency Services for the Oxner Health System in Louisiana. Dr. Garisco is a keynote speaker at the upcoming Society for Health Systems Conference, which I'll be attending as I normally do. It's a great event. And we're both presenting, uh, participating uh, at the American Academy of Emergency Physicians annual scientific assembly in February, where I'll be co-presenting with uh, my healthcare Kaizen co-author, Joe Schwartz. So you can find links to these and um, other events at the post for this episode at leanblog.org slash 160. So in this episode, Dr. Grisco and I are talking about his process and proven efforts at Oxer and how that was made you know, in large part necessary by Hurricane Katrina and its aftermath, where demand tripled in their emergency department in the short term and doubled in the long term. We're going to chat about things like standardized work and variation reduction, how that fits in with the practice of medicine and improving ED patient flow. Well, I want to thank and welcome our guest today, Dr. Joe Garisco. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mark. I've been, I've been looking forward to this conversation for quite some time. I appreciate your, your invitation. Well, sure. And I'm uh, excited to talk to you, and, and I'm glad we're going to be crossing paths. I'm going to get to hear you speak at a couple conferences in early 2013, so we're going to talk about that and um, your other work. So if you can start off, uh, you know, introduce yourself to the listeners, your, your current role, professional background, and kind of in particular, I'm always curious to find out yeah, uh, how people, how, how you got involved in lean and other process improvement approaches. Well, yeah, yeah, I have, it's, it's, I always look forward to answering that question because it's, it, it's, uh, it, it's important to sort of, uh, put together a, a timeline as to how I got to where I am as a, as a physician. So I'm an emergency physician, uh, uh, and I practice at, uh, the Oxford Health System in New Orleans, and, and my role is is chair of emergency medicine, the academic chair of emergency medicine, but the larger role is system chair for emergency services. So I'm responsible for managing uh, operationally uh, uh, seven emergency departments in our system. So it's a pretty big role, uh, but it, it's interesting as to how I got here. I, you know, I, I think about this movie, Accidental Tourist, and I always call myself the accidental doctor because my, my background is really was really math and engineering, and uh, I, I sort of fell into med school, uh, sort of by accident. It's a longer story than that, but uh, I, I, it, uh, you know, I completed the, the curriculum and became a physician, but was was kind of lost for a number of years, and, and ended up at some point getting out of emergency medicine, and going back. Uh, but it was in the mid '90s where I really found sort of my my roots as as uh, as technology developed and and and. And data became more available. I, I found ways of of looking at how we ran emergency departments and improving it. So, so I actually become full circle. You know, you know, from engineering to start with through med school through a clinical uh, career, and then the last fifteen years is really back in engineering and 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 reengineering uh, workflow. So, uh, it's uh, it's full circle back to where I think really my uh, my most my biggest interests are. 
Yeah. Now, with your background in engineering, are you an industrial engineer or what? No, actually, a uh, chemical engineer. And so, it, uh, uh, so it, you know, I think back, it, it, you know, engineering back in the mid '70s, we were still using slide rules. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure any engineering degree yeah. back in so, the mid '70s is applicable today. <laughs> yeah. Younger listeners can Google slide rule. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I still have a few I'd like to show people. They're kind of they're frozen, stuck. They don't slide anymore. But no, um, oh, I was wondering. So, okay, so chemical engineer. I was wondering if you're an industrial engineer because uh, you're speaking at uh, the Society for Health Systems conference in March. And for people who aren't familiar with uh, SHS, Society for Health Systems, is part of the Institute of Industrial Engineers. Um, so I'm glad that conference is inclusive, not only to uh, to doctors but to chemical engineers. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, your keynote talk at, at the conference, what, what are some of the main themes that you'll be touching on? Yeah, well, you know, um, I, I hope to um, energize SHS because we, you know, uh, there's a, a there's a sense of urgency to uh, fix health care. I mean, it's essentially bankrupt, and uh, it's bankrupt because we've priced ourselves out of, out of, out of business, and sometimes I think we've priced ourselves out of Good service, and, and now we're approaching pricing ourselves out of quality. So uh, uh, I, I go back to my first, and this is what I hope to talk about. I, I go back to my first meeting with SHS shortly after Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, uh, and uh, so I hope to to sort of bring that story to SHS again as to how uh, I sort of found my my place as SHS uh, because. As a group, they were focused on reengineering healthcare, and I thought that's where the answers were. So I'd like to talk about how that came to be and, and the work that uh, I've done with SHS through the years as a result of that meeting, uh, and then focus a, a lot on uh, what we need to do. Uh, I think there's an there's a incredible need to rapidly change the way we, we perform in, in, in medicine, and I think the answers are in engineering. It's it's the answers are uh, uh, within the group of people that are focused on 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 this on process. Uh, so uh, I'd like to inspire them that they're keys to our success. I, I've thought that way since you know night since nineteen uh, since two thousand and seven, right after Katrina, that uh, that the answers to a lot of our problems were were not in finding the the latest new drug to treat a certain disease, but in in finding uh, game-changing ways to redo the, the, the work that we do. Uh, and so I, I'd like to sort of energize the group and give them some insight to where uh, they should focus and uh, inspire them to, to really care about what they do uh, because I think that's where, I think that's where we're going to save healthcare is, is through societies like SHS. And um, I'm curious to follow up. I mean, you mentioned Katrina. Um, you, you were there at Oxner at the time. I'm, I'm curious how much of the, the reengineering or improvement work that you've done was in response to challenges that, that you faced during Katrina, or was some of that done in advance to where it helped during Katrina? What was the timeline uh, for you? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I do have to go back a little ways. And so I, I go back to my, you know, my 10 clinical years in emergency medicine, uh, what, what I saw was really a sweatshop approach to uh, managing workflow. Uh, and so in, in, in 1990, again, I, I quit emergency medicine and, and went to anesthesiology and, and realized it was no better in the operating room. Mm -hmm. 
there was it's just it was just as inefficient and wasteful as the emergency department. Uh, so when I came back to the ED, uh, you know, I, the, I made some requests. I said I wanted space, I wanted resources, and I wanted this thing called a computer. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember uh, that day that the CEO of the hospital said, you know, what's a physician going to do with a computer? I said, well, you know, <laughs> I, he, you know, he didn't stay very long. Yeah. But uh, so uh, so the, the work of of process engineering started. Uh, in the, in the mid-90s for me, and we built a great department. In fact, it was extremely lean, extremely efficient. We, we had patient satisfaction above the 99th percentile quarter after quarter because we really delivered service to patients. Uh, and then Katrina hit, and, and that's sort of where things tie together. Katrina hit, and our uh, the demand for emergency services at our facility tripled in a, in a matter of 30 days. Hmm. So we went from being this very efficient ED to uh, an ED that was uh, uh, had uh, demand far outstrip what our space and resources could deliver, and so I was struggling with that. It, it, yeah. it basically destroyed our, my practice, destroyed our ED, almost destroyed our city. We all we all know right. that. So right. I remember one day I was looking uh, at a brochure, uh, and it was from SHS, and I looked at the the topics, and and you know it struck me immediately that. The, these are where, these are the people who are actually doing the work that I need to be involved with, uh, uh, and so uh, uh, I, I went to that meeting uh, and and uh, uh, again met some some people I, I, I began working with over the years. Uh, so it was Katrina basically destabilized and created the burning platform for doing something different in our ED, something different that we were doing. We thought what we were doing was working. It, it did work, but but it, it didn't work at a at a different level after Katrina. So it was that SHS meeting uh, where we refocused on uh, of, of, of uh, sort of looking at our processes and seeing how we're going to take care of twice as many people as we took care of just a few months before. Uh, and so that was that was the a, a second look uh, at at what we were doing, uh, but it, it started with Katrina. Katrina was the burning platform for change, and and from there we, you know, we we did a lot of work. Uh, we 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 it, we developed some new workflows in the ED, and from there I went on to work with the American Hospital Association, and we we deployed some of these processes into about ten states in the United States, uh, probably 150 hospitals. So a lot, a lot of work came out. But Katrina was uh, a focal yeah. point where we, we we went, you know, from what we're doing in the past to, to having to do something totally different uh, going into the future. And so uh, we've been doing that ever since. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, Katrina you know, clearly was traumatic for for many many individuals and and for the city mm-hmm. as a whole. Um, in, in that short term, we had you know triple the volume. Clearly, I mean, there were a lot of people injured. But there were also a lot of hospitals that were completely knocked offline, right? Or what, what percentage of hospitals were, were offline, at least for a period? Right. We went from, uh, Mark, from 19 hospitals down to about 12. And, and really, when you look at it, there are probably three or four large centers that were still functioning. And uh, so for, for a month or so, we, the city was depopulated. It, uh, but as as people came back into the city, uh, relief workers, construction workers, uh, 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 people from all over the world came back to rebuild the city. Uh, uh, there was very little access to 
to hospital healthcare uh, other than one of our facilities. And so mm-hmm. the demand just skyrocketed, and, and uh, all of our performance metrics fell off the table. So we, we, we re-engineered what we did and developed some processes that we think are pretty neat, uh, and uh, we're, we're still using those today. Right, so I'm curious to hear more about, you know, you talked about doing something different. What, what were some of those things that were done differently? How, how did that impact, you know, things like waiting time and quality and cost? I mean, what were some of the major changes that you made in the emergency departments? Well, I think we, uh, we, we uh, put a bigger focus on demand management, specifically with regard to how you handle variation. And uh, uh, we all know that the demand, and it's true today, crowding in the emergency departments are one of the biggest problems we face. And so we, we were seeing that for the first time. And we had to look at the problem. How do you, how do you manage demand that far outstrips your, your fixed capacity? And how do you manage variation of demand? So uh, uh, that was our focus, was fig- figuring that out. And so we had to look at leaning out some processes, reducing variation, uh, uh, understanding queuing theory, uh, and, 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 and sort of mathematically uh, trying to uh, uh, solve this problem. And, and, and in the end, we realized that it's no different than what uh, you know, AT and T might do at a help at a call center, or it might be no different than a manufacturer. So, we looked at industries outside of healthcare and says, how do how do other industries manage random demand with high variance? Uh, and uh, that that's really the solution. So that's those are the sort of uh, mathematical. I, I think they're all the solutions are really mathematical. Uh, those are the problems we looked at, the word problems, and and we we think we solved them through. Uh, traditional approaches that other industries use, and and so does that include things like I mean, it was it was there a matter of using you know software or or simulation or other analysis to, to to figure out things like staffing patterns or the the number of rooms that are open, things like that. Yeah, we did. We uh, uh, at, at so getting so everything goes back to post Katrina SHS. So at SHS, I met some very interesting individuals from the Banner Health System. Uh, 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 Kevin Roche and specifically uh, Mary Ellen Bucko, and uh, Kevin's the head of the math department at Arizona State, and Mary Ellen's the head of management engineering at Banner. Uh, so uh, we uh, and, and they were working on the problem at the same time as I was working on it, and so uh, in that collaboration, uh, tools were developed to sort of manage uh, demand and its variation, and and basically. Uh, simulate what resources need to be in place in terms of space and people to uh, solve that uh, that word problem mm-hmm. and so we, we did use some tools it, it wasn't it wasn't high level simulation uh, but it was a, a tool set that uh, helped us predict demand and the resources needed to address that and it, it, it basically addre- tried to address in, uh, the 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 error the failure that most I think operations minded people in healthcare make is, is is managing their work to some average demand and so we all know that doesn't work and so the tool sort of gave us a view as to what we need to do to solve this problem not 50 percent of the time but 95 percent of the time mm-hmm. and that's where healthcare fails it just doesn't it just doesn't it's in it's one of the critical failures i think 
And I'm curious to explore a little bit more, you know, talk about, um, you know, answers being in, in engineering and, and, you know, things like process and systems. You know, I think you're, you're among a handful of people out there who talk about, you know, the, the, the power of this in, in, in healthcare. Um, how do you, when you, especially talking with physicians, you know, when we talk about phrases that are common in, in Lean or Six Sigma, things like standardized work, variation reduction, there's uh, often kind of just, you know, an emotional reaction to that. People get upset, people get worried. Um, how, how do you see, you know, the concepts like that fitting in with the practice of medicine? How, how do you communicate that and, and work with physicians on, on topics yeah. like that? Yeah, that, that, that's another question I always look forward to because we were meeting here at the hospital till late last night specifically about this issue is that uh, we're, uh, you know, we have 14,000 employees here and we're a large organization uh, and uh, it, I think everyone, us and like everyone else is struggling to sort of manage costs and so we're trying to figure out how to, how to you know, we know that it's, it's variance uh, largely that's uh, uh, producing issues and, and and sometimes there's no variance. Sometimes the problem is there's standardization at a high cost point, uh, and so that that's a problem. Uh, but in, largely, it's it's too much variation. So we're we're looking at everything from hip replacements to uh, uh, any type of medical device insertion to uh, uh, operating room procedures and 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 looking at uh, clinical variation and and the cost uh, of that variation. The key thing is 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 how do you approach physicians and uh, uh, because it, it's a group that's fiercely independent and how do you approach them and lead them to uh, a, a different uh, uh, place uh, in terms of how they approach their work? Uh, so uh, it, it's it's about uh, it's about change management and uh, we've been successful at at analyzing workflow, looking at the cost. And in the end, presenting a, a, a very smart, well-educated group uh, and convincing that this is the best thing for the patients, the best thing for us. And so it's, it's how it's phrased. And so we're fortunate to have a great leadership. But I think getting uh, to where we need to be, which is uh, standardizing how we do things and reducing variance and therefore reducing cost, requires uh, really – it's really about leadership and change management because we, we, we know there's, that's where the waste is. Uh, so, so that's a big challenge. So we work hard. In fact, so last night we were talking about how we execute on mm -hmm. on, on this and how do we uh, how do we get this message out to uh, physicians who are who are out practicing on a day to day basis. Well, I, I think the way you yeah when you talk about leadership and you said well I, you know how do you lead them I think that's um, the right approach as opposed to I think some people. Um, are, are just trying to force people to do things a certain way. Uh, that's that doesn't work. That's not respectful. Um, so I think you're right. It, it's a matter of engaging people and helping them see the impact of the way things are done. Whether it's negative impact on um, you know, negative impact on, on quality or cost, or if you can think of it in terms of a positive of how we can make things better. I mean, can can you share an example um, from? From your setting of um, you know standardization and, and a benefit, is that a matter of things like you know protocols and uh, standard order sets, or is it you know kind of go beyond things like that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know we have brought some really key individuals into our organization over the last few years, uh, and they're from 
from industries around the country, some from healthcare, some from outside healthcare, to help us look at this. And so, one of our early projects was, you know, and I love this one, is to look at hip replacements. So we know when we look at uh, hip replacements in our organization, there's a 300% variance in the actual cost of, of doing that procedure. Uh, and it has to do with a number of things. One is, uh, Physicians selecting uh, a prosthetic device that may be double the cost of another device. Uh, they may be using, uh, for instance, uh, uh, you typically use cement in hip replacements, uh, and uh, and uh, some types of cement have a very expensive antibiotic embedded in it. So uh, we look at the outcomes and and we we say, okay, you know, uh, is there any clinical evidence that uh, an antibiotic type of cement versus one without an antibiotic, does that improve outcomes? Uh, does this uh, device that costs twice as much as another device, does that affect outcomes? And, and so we, we, we look at the cost, we look at the outcomes, and we, and we give that data uh, to the clinicians and uh, engage them in, in saying this is about the patient, it's about healthcare, it's about what we do for our community. Uh, and and uh, that's how we're affecting change. And so we look and say, is it appropriate to uh, have a process that costs twice or triple another process that's really producing the same outcome? Uh, so what's important in all this is is uh, processing information. You, you have to be able to get the data. And until recently, healthcare has not had the data. Only the actuarials and, and the insurance companies had the mm -hmm. data. So now we have it. And so uh, we're using that to sort of not – is to lead physicians and to uh, in, into a, a new a new place in their practice uh, without having to uh, push and cajole, and, and they'll usually do the right thing. I, I think everyone sees that we we have to do this. Other health healthcare is in, in deep trouble. So uh, that's been our approach. So hip replacement is just one, and we're looking at everything we do and, and saying uh, what does it cost, and can we show that. Uh, doing it this way actually improves outcomes, and if it doesn't, then we have to do it a different way, uh, and, and that's how we're looking at it. So so we looked at other companies. I mean, look at, uh, I mean, just take uh, any growth company around the, around the world. Uh, how do they standardize uh, what they do 3,000 miles away? And they do two things. One is they create ownership uh, remotely, and, and getting physicians to own their practice, own, own how they do things is, is one thing. And secondly, they reduce variance. I mean, if you go to Starbucks uh, anywhere in the country, you're going to get the same product. But you get it because the, the people in that store own their business. Uh, so figuring out how large companies create ownership or reduce variance across the globe is how healthcare needs to approach uh, how we franchise out best practice. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it sounds like what you're talking about in terms of you know, standardizing processes, it, it's done with a purpose. And, and, and I think sometimes people get hung up on it. You know, so, well, standardization is a good thing. But I guess you know, if you look at the results, it would be a good thing unless it's not, right? <laughs> Right. No, you know, you, when you use the word purpose, I, last night, if, if there was one word that came out of our strategy sessions, it was purpose. I mean, it's, it's interesting that you, that you came up with that word, but it, it, it's really giving uh, clinicians and, 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 the, and the individuals who are helping us remodel healthcare is saying the purpose, keeping the patient uh, at the center and creating uh, a purpose, which is probably a you know, a, a, another phrase for creating that burning platform. But in that burning platform is uh, having clinicians understand that there's a, a, a purpose for doing what we're doing. It's not just to 
I mean, the, the purpose is is is, is uh, pointing at the patient in the center and and uh, not trying to be draconian uh, in, in how we manage healthcare, but to create a purpose for them. And they usually get that. I think. I think. Uh, but it takes organizations like ours. I think you know we're we're a group practice, and so we're we're very much into uh, looking at things as a group. Uh, I think it's to be harder in community settings outside of large practices. So I think most of this work and most of the success will be in large group practices like Oxnard, like Mayo, like Cleveland, uh, and I could go on. You know, Banner is another one, uh, but. Uh, that critical mass of thinking is is there now, and I think that's where the early success will be. Great, and um, one of the last things to touch on before we wrap up, um, we'll talk about some other events you're, you're going to be involved in. You, you and I are, are, are both speaking at um, the Scientific Assembly for the American Academy of Emergency Medicine in, in February in, in Las Vegas. I'll, I'll be co-presenting with uh, Joe Schwartz, you know, my co-author from Healthcare Kaizen, and you're going to be giving a talk. So I'm curious, you know, for to hear about the or tell the listeners about the type of topics that are covered in an event that's for physicians, emergency medicine physicians. How do the types of topics or focus on operations? You know, how, I mean, how much is that a part of the general discussion? So, Mark, I appreciate that question. I think it is important to recognize some upcoming events that people might be interested in. Uh, the, the first one is the AAEM, American Academy of Emergency Medicine Scientific Assembly in Las Vegas, February 9th through the 13th, and uh, uh, it's it's a great uh, meeting. It's it's, it's it constitutes uh, emergency physicians. It's a specialty society, but we have uh, through the Operations Management Committee of AEM, we have set up a pre-conference workshop February 9th and 10th. Uh, and this is the workshop uh, at which you will be speaking, along with Joe Swartz. Uh, and it's it's a two-day event featuring uh, topics related to uh, lean processing, uh, re-engineering workflow in the emergency departments. Uh, again, it's an operations-oriented uh, focus, uh, and uh, it's a great, uh, it's it's an incredible opportunity. There is incredible talent speaking at that meeting. We have uh, Pia Vecchio from Stony Brook, New York. We have uh, uh, Tom Scaletta from Chicago, Christopher Flitch from Penn State, uh, Jody Crane from IHI, uh, and anyway, it's it's a great, uh, incredible uh, powerhouse of, of, of experts in the field of operations management. It's, it's something not to be missed, and again, it's sponsored by the Operations Management Committee at the AEM uh, in Las Vegas, uh, February 9th and 10th for that two-day workshop. Uh, the second meeting is a little bit later uh, in March uh, by the Society for Health Systems, SHS, uh, a society of Institute of Industrial Engineers, and that will be held in New Orleans. Uh, of course, uh, the focus of that society is on, is on lean, and the group constitutes industrial engineers from all over the world. So I'll be addressing the society, again, talking about lean, waste reduction, uh, and uh, you know all the contemporary topics that I think are really important in emergency medicine uh, and in healthcare in general. So I, I think that's a second incredibly great meeting being held in New Orleans in March. The third meeting I'll be speaking at uh, is uh, the EDPMA meeting in Las Vegas in May. And EDPMA is the Emergency Physician, sorry, Emergency Department Practice Management Association. And that group is largely made up of, uh, of 
emergency department group practices. Uh, some of them large, like uh, Schumacher Incorporated out of uh, out of uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, Team Health, MCare. Uh, they're involved in that, and it's it's the focus of that society is to improve the business of emergency medicine, but more specifically the, the practice of emergency medicine. Uh, and uh, it's another uh, meeting that I think will have uh, significant interest from uh, emergency physicians and those involved in the practice of management of emergency departments around the country. That's, so that's EDPMA in Las Vegas. Uh, so uh, the, the, the focus of that will be leadership and change transformation, change management, uh, and process improvement in any emergency department. So three great meetings. Uh, again, it, 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 it tells you that the, the, the focus uh, in, in healthcare is moving toward uh, lean and uh, process improvement and re-engineering workflow uh, more than ever. So it's, it's, I think these three meetings highlight the fact that uh, uh, the work you're doing and, and the work that uh, that we're being asked to uh, focus on is is increasingly the way to, to fix some of the problems in healthcare. So uh, three great meetings, and I hope people can take a look at that. And, and if they have the opportunity to go, it'd be a, a good opportunity to to hear some great great speakers and uh, some great topics. Um, Dr. Uh, Joe Garisco, thanks uh, so much for. Um, kind of sharing some of your work and, and experiences here on uh, the podcast with us today. Thank you, Mark. I enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.